there's really no excuse not to have a decent workflow. Uh, and if you don't have a decent workflow, then you're going to drive me nuts if I have to work with you. Hey, welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers, by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is... Hey, this is Al Nutilli. Hey, Al. How you doing? Uh, still recovering from the Nerd Summit. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so It was a good time, but it's a long day for an introvert to to go through <laughs> yeah and for those who don't know uh, who weren't able to attend or didn't know about it uh, al and i were actually invited to kind of do a quasi live podcast uh just kind of almost just kind of MC a few different parts of the event uh which was fun but very different from uh the podcast <laughs> yes, uh, so it was a good time though and some really interesting speakers uh some panels anything in particular stand out in your mind there uh that you want to just mention quickly al uh, I mean, I really enjoyed the CMS talk and, more importantly, the talk after. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, we had a really nice talk. Uh, both Al and I were panelists, uh, and Jen, Jen, Jennifer Lampton uh, from Drupal and Backdrop Community um, came out as well, and she was part of the panel, and there were a few other folks as well. Uh, very interesting. I actually think it's recorded, uh, so we might, have to try to find oh, wow. we, have, we might have to try to find the link for that and post it. Um, but yeah. we also may do a follow-up here because it was it was such an interesting conversation. And actually, as Al mentioned, uh, the follow-up kind of after conversation with the panel uh, kind of uh, off stage was really fascinating as well. So we may try to do kind of a little uh, – we may try to talk about it a little here, maybe even have a guest on uh, at some point in the next week or two. So that would be fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. A lot of good people. Yeah. So should we just jump right into the uh, news this week? Um, yeah. All right, great. Yeah. Uh, so one article that I found that was kind of fun, and it's something we've talked about a little bit before, is uh, hacking the flow state. Um, and it's interesting because I, um, it's an article uh, on Medium, actually, and we'll link to it. Uh, but And it kind of covers it, like finding essentially finding flow and what is flow uh, from the spec perspective of a, a developer. Um, and I think sometimes developers refer to it as like being in the zone. Um, and there's, there's other ways that it's referred to as well. Um, but of course, it's not just a developer phenomenon um, and something that's actually been studied for many, many years. And in fact, there's a really like seminal book um, by a author. I'm totally going to mess up his name because it's, it's Mikhail. I, I, I'm not even going to try it. We'll post it on the website. Um, but, but it's a, it's a book, uh, called finding flow and it, he, he's kind of a psychologist researcher who goes into how can we replicate, you know, what this the flow and it, for the, for those who haven't experienced it or don't know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it's kind of like when all of your energy and focus is in the right place and it's just kind of like everything's together and you're just, you, you kind of zone in and focus on what needs to be done. It's an incredibly, uh, uh, productive period of time. Uh, the the one of the easiest ways to recognize that you're in this state would be that you know you're you're so into what you're doing that you kind of forget what time it is, and before you know it, five hours have flown by, and you've just been coding away, and you didn't even know it. You forgot to have lunch or whatever. Um, so that would be like one example of you you being in a flow state. 
Um, but just an, a really interesting read and some some ideas about what we can do as developers uh, to get into that state, to put ourselves in that position because they've done research on it. And when you are in that state, you're extremely more productive. Like you, you could get done in an hour what you what, what you might normally take, you know, four hours to do. So it's really uh, really uh, beneficial. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It uh, it, it's a it's a good article. I might even read the book. It's on Audible. Um, seemed a little bit uh, the the process seems a little bit difficult. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, so I'm not sure how much I'll go for it, but uh, I've definitely had those moments, and I I definitely know it's not just random. Right. You know, there's got to be some pattern. Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's see uh google two-factor authentication security key uh so this was a something google released re- recently um actually it looks like an old ar- article yeah it's a uh, little it's a little bit older but i just i saw it recently and you know yeah, we, but i just saw it too in the news recently i wonder if it's something new or updated i, I just know. saw this as well yeah good point or it could it could have kind of exploded on twitter i think twitter's where i saw it yeah. um so yeah this is really neat though uh it's a nice step forward in making your uh you know your your data more secure <laughs> mm-hmm. even though it still lives on drupal uh on drupal sorry <laughs> nerd summit drupal <laughs> uh even though it lives on google uh data you know on their in their world yeah um, it still makes your laptop or interaction via the computer you're on more secure right because you need this this device to actually log into the system right uh so yeah so yeah it helps that's awesome and I, and I think it does like to me it's not quite there yet i think for a couple of reasons i'll mention in a minute but the the big things to me are um, you know, we're using two-factor authentication for yeah. almost everything already, uh, but it can be a hassle. Uh, you know, most in most situations, you're using your phone, so you you know when you try to log into a site, yeah. you get a text message. You got to enter that message, the code. Or Google Authenticate, right? Yeah. Google Authenticate, exactly. Uh, which again, for Google Authenticate, you got to have your phone with you, um, or whatever device you have it installed on. Um, and so, you know, that can be a hassle. It, it can take a little bit of time. No, no doubt worth it uh, for the security. But uh, the nice thing about this physical device is, um, you know, when you're using it, you don't have to go through all that. Uh, you know, so that's a huge benefit. And also, unlike um, unlike these digital forms of two-factor authentication, um, which can, I believe, more easily be intercepted, uh, you know, cause you can intercept text messages or, uh, you could have your, uh, iPhone be compromised in which case you could potentially have someone, uh, get access to your authenticator. Right. Um, whereas if you have a physical key, the way, the way to get that from you is to take it from you. You, ha- you actually have to have the physical key. There's, there's not, uh, to my knowledge, there's not a way. And I think this article mentions this, that there's not a way to, um, steal that digitally someone would literally have to come to your house or to your person and take it from you um so that's pretty cool the downsides which i mentioned are right now it only works with chrome so and only on your on your um pc or or, you know your laptop so uh you know of of limited use if you're using other browsers or if you want it to work on your cell phone but yeah it's a nice step in the right direction um all right and the next one was brought up uh i did a contribution to laravel core uh, about uh, making uh, the the artisan command test uh, make or artisan make test, uh, and I think we put it here just to reference like how you can really contribute to these uh, pa- these uh, softwares, these open source softwares. And you know, this was just something I saw that I just wish was there. And instead of saying, "Hey, can you make this?" I just went ahead and did it. 
and uh, with just a little bit of um, work to rebase it back into the proper into the proper way, uh, it got into core and, and just a good reminder. And it's actually reminded me too how nice it is now that I'm working with open source projects that are in GitHub. Uh, how nice it is that I've been able to, for the past couple of years, commit more to these projects more easily than I ever had before. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I think I, I, I haven't looked at the thread recently, but I think it was a matter of a day or two that it took for you yeah. to from it from that being an idea on your part uh, to like a feature enhancement, essentially, to being committed uh, in, in, you know, right into the master branch. So uh, and it's kind of cool, actually, if you do if you use Laravel a lot and you do testing, you're going to want to check this out uh, when you get the latest release, yeah. uh, because you can just uh, you, you can basically just run a simple command now and get a base test in place, a PHP unit test that has what you need there to just start coding. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, so another thing we wanted to talk about, uh, uh, quantum safe encryption. So, um, this is kind of cool and I, it's a, it's, it's a bit, you know, it's interesting. Like quantum computer computers has always been something that like has really interested me. Um, and I, you know, so I kind of follow it here and there. And I also have, I, I've got some, uh, I've got a friend from college who, um, who studies kind of these types of things and others as well. Really, really cool stuff. Um, but I thought this was interesting because um, there's been some breakthroughs recently in cryptography uh, and more specifically in uh, in quantum computing and the kind of the theories uh, that go into quantum. We, you know, we don't have quantum com- computers yet. It's all kind of theoretical. And um, th- that's that's changed recently. And so this article, uh, it's actually a quantum magazine article is about, um, how that's been changing and wh- you know, kind of what it means for cryptography. Uh, and just to give you an idea of what that means, um, you know, wh- one of the major breakthroughs that quantum computing is going to do, uh, is around encryption because for example, Right now, the types of encryption that we use are not uh, impenetrable. It's just that the math behind them would require, you know, using current day computers would require a hundred or more years to decrypt. Um, you know, so when you're using your your SSL or your your 256k or your two, sorry your 256 bit encryption, uh, it's not that it can't that can't be unencrypted. It's just that it would take just an enormous amount of time. That it's not. It's not worth it. Uh, But with these new computers, um, and this article goes into like what is different actually about about um, about these computers. uh, That that process could could actually happen in a very short period of time. And they're now projecting that we will have quantum computers somewhere in I think it was the three three to five or ten year range. So it's so it's much more. it's 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 much sooner than we were anticipating. And so this talks a little bit about what. Um, some of the cryptography folks are doing to combat this, and it actually gets into some of the math and like the um, the strategies that they're using with lattices and and different algorithms. Uh, and you'll actually learn a little bit more about some of the algorithms we currently use on uh, servers like RSA, and there's a couple others mentioned in here too. So just fun, some fun stuff. All right, cool. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday at the summit. It looked really interesting. It's definitely way out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Quantum teleportation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That one's fun too. For another. Did they show. talk about that there? No, no, no. Right. This is my friend who was telling me about this. Well, I'll, we may bring him on sometime because it would be fun to talk to him about that kind of stuff just for a few minutes. Uh, he he knows a lot about it. All right. Well, here's another article. OK, Cupid and other dating sites leave you vulnerable. 
Yeah, this one was really surprising to me. Um, not a long article, but uh, just it's amazing how people and service providers out there are not taking your data seriously and your privacy seriously. And, uh, you know, this one, this this is obviously about how OkCupid does not have HTTPS encryption on their site. And the kind of questions that they are asking folks is incredibly personal uh, and potentially really vulnerable, uh, puts people in really vulnerable positions. Um, oh, completely. You know, so... Sitting at a cafe filling this out. Yeah, God. yeah. Uh, so it's just crazy, uh, you know... And it's not, you know, honestly, it's not just OkCupid. It's a lot of, it's a lot of folks out there. Uh, Just, you know. This is pretty entry level, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, So another article, uh, uh, why use Docker on a dedicated server? Um, This is interesting, Al. What uh, what are are your thoughts on this? It's still one I got to dig through and read more. I just wanted to put it here to remind me and uh, just let everybody know it looked interesting. As we start to think about uh, how to use Docker in our day-to-day workflows. Yeah. Uh, And what that means, like if you stick all these Dockers on a server, they don't have, uh, they can't all share port, you know, just to get all the settings right will be interesting. Workers are one thing, but to serve websites is another. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting on a dedicated server too, right? Because you'll have limited resources. But I could see that as being yeah. like that. It would be a good reason to use Docker, yeah. uh, just because if you you know imagine like a typical scenario for us, right? Is where we have um, workers that are working yeah. on queues that are processing whatever they're processing, and they they take up a certain amount of memory and uh, a certain amount of CPU resources. And to be able to containerize all that and say, well, you know, we've we've got a nice uh, optimized server here, and it's got you know two cores, and uh, you know it's got two gigs of RAM or whatever it is, and being able to say, all right, let's limit this to ten workers, and let's limit yeah. each of those ten workers to you know whatever we decide is the appropriate amount. Uh, that could that's really useful. That would actually be oh, yeah. really useful. And for you could us actually the then have um, Amazon scale up the particular worker, uh, the that's particular true. server as needed. Yeah, very true. I mean, there's so much to learn, anyways, with Amazon uh, AWS and in their in in their use of Docker. Um, yeah, so. cool. All right, the next one is web development reading list. Uh, Smashing Magazine typically has decent articles. Uh, so I thought this would be a good one to link to and, and maybe grab some good reads off of this or yeah. learn something. It can be surprisingly hard to find like um, resources for good good reading. So this is cool. This is a good this is a good resource for folks who are just kind of interested in getting into all the different. Like I, I'm just looking through it and it's um, you know it has kind of like general news, but you, you know if you're interested in kind of privacy or per- performance or the HTML side, accessibility, JavaScript. Yep. Uh, work-life balance, that kind of stuff. Uh, got a bunch of resources here, so kind of cool stuff. Yeah, it could be a good one. All right. Um, okay, and then it looks like, um, what do we have here? <laughs> this uh, is a weird title, yeah. Yeah, what is this? This uh, is the title. This is a, <clears throat> Sorry, this is a tweet. Couldn't agree more with every point made in this great talk by Adam Wantham, Wantham. Uh, TDD to good, the good parts, and it's a YouTube, I believe, I believe video to show uh, the talk that Adam did. Uh, just talking about TDD, uh, as he and others have been commenting lately, how to maybe find more balance with this approach and not making it uh, something that you obsess over or do too much of. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, so just this links off to that particular video. 
Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but um, I I really enjoy Adam Wathan, and uh, yes. I've seen him speak a couple of times, and I, I watched him do a 45 minute um, live coding lunch, which was really good. Um, That's impressive. Yeah, that do that. yeah, yeah. So this is good too because I know people can take like there's a lot of different perspectives on TDD, and I know that can kind of be taken to an extreme and kind of an almost. Um, academic way uh so it would be interesting to see what he has to say there yeah for sure okay so uh another thing we've got going on is uh finally creating a solid php deployment strategy so this yeah. is um serversforhackers.com and i took a little I, I was exploring this a little bit it looks promising it looks like a work in progress but what, what do we have yeah. going on here al well, he, the person who's writing it, is, he's always done some good stuff on the web, uh, so I wouldn't mind, uh, I, I would definitely believe this is good stuff. Uh, and basically, um, you know, he's bringing together a lot of tools and techniques to do this type of workflow that we need to do for our team. And my, my thought with this book is, hey, you know, instead of us trying to recreate everything and then write our own manual, what can we learn from this? Right. Uh, you know, even things like Fabric for SSH task running and, and you know, those type of nuances that we could learn from. Right. So it looks like that's Chris, uh, what is it, Chris Fideo? Um, and we'll put the link in uh, the show notes, but definitely some cool stuff. It actually kind of has a Laravel feel to it as well in terms of he, the website. He's very, yeah, he's, uh, I think he's pretty um, pro Laravel. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool, so definitely something to look into and yeah. uh, follow. They've got a, if you want to, it looks like it's kind of in progress, so if you want to follow them uh, on Twitter or they've got a uh, mailing list as well. Yeah. Um, and what else? Do we have anything else for our news? Maybe a couple things. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so this is uh, uh, Co-App, uh, an article about uh, in the Web of Things, watching things. Uh, so <laughs> just some thoughts on the Internet of Things and how the programming style and techniques can change or things to think about moving forward. So it would be a cool. good read. Uh, you know, because we're going to – obviously that's going to be a big deal uh, as the Internet of Things uh, become something that we're programming for more, uh, APIs or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so maybe some good insights there. Yeah, for sure. All and right. again, it's thought work, so their stuff's pretty well written. Yep, yep. Um, and I guess finally, before we move on into the next segment, I uh, just wanted to – we I, we did a um, – Laracast was awesome and ended up giving us a free six-month subscription to give away at the Nerd Summit. Um, and so we will uh, we will be announcing the winner uh, today, actually. So uh, we'll uh, you know we'll announce that, of course, on Twitter. So latest readings. Um, I think the book we have going on now is ma- mainly just Al reading a book, uh, and it's Agile Estimating and Planning. Uh, so Al, do you have an update on your uh, on your uh, reading there? Yes, it's still going well. Uh, more details in the user story breakdown. Uh, including um, just to look at like history, and if you don't have history, or even if you do, how to uh, build up your user stories and points, and, and who you have on the team, and therefore get a range. So when you say to the pr- pr- when you say to the product owner, "Hey, this is going to take two iterations," you basically are doing something really dumb. You should be saying, "Hey, this is going to take two to five iterations." Mm-hmm. So you take what you 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 estimate to be the right number, and you multiply it by sixty percent, and then one hundred and sixty percent. To, to get a sense of what what range you should be offering. Hmm. And, and that habit alone can really change the game because, again, like I was saying before, it's like as a coder, you're coding within the expectations you build for your client. And if you build rough expectations for you, then you're always going to be coding under stress. But if you build overly, you know, 
good expectations for you, then you're kind of, you know, not doing the best for the client. So mm-hmm. it's finding that balance to, to then code in, in a good place. Hmm. That's really interesting. So, yeah. So it's a good, I mean, yeah, this book's full of just like no does that you just didn't know. know mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I'm excited to start reading it. Um, all right, cool. Uh-huh, sure. No, I really am. I, you know, can only do so much in a given, you know, day. So yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to it eventually. Well, I think um, one thing to, 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 to realize too, is like, uh, you know, it could just be 20 minutes, right? It's just the, this, this one podcast had the minimal viable day, uh, uh, term is basically what makes your day a viable day. And, and it could be 20 minutes of reading, 20 minutes of exercise, mm-hmm. those things that you will not let fall away. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, so, I think for me, it's finding the balance, you know, but I mean, your point yeah, is great. I mean, yeah. it's an awesome point and continuing to like reflect on that every yeah. week or every couple of weeks is really important for me. But, uh, yeah. it's cause I, you know, like what's hard for me is like balancing all of those things, uh, you know, and not just work, right? Like, you know, yeah. like you said, working out or, sp- you know, spending time with your significant other or whatever, you got to yeah. like balance all that stuff, uh, yeah. and not just work, but like, but you, see, you also got to have play time the, too, right? Like yeah. as, as fun as it is to read about uh, agile yeah. estimating and planning, like honestly, yeah. that's going to help me out with my career, no doubt, but it's not like the funnest thing in the world for like, it's not like what I would do sure. if I just like could do, you know, but here's the thing, I wanted, so. if you don't schedule you won't do right no, so true. you're right you you you, you got to have balance but you can't have balance inside of the unknown you have to like have a schedule to be like by doing these things you know i know there's going to be these things here as well to have that that time you're saying to relax and enjoy right, right. and then fine-tune you can't fine-tune what's never been you know written down or whatever you want to call it right, right? You can't say, hey, 20 minutes was too much or it was too low because you never even said it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, you know, it, I think it, all of this comes down to uh, to scheduling and, and, and then discipline. Yeah, for sure. Something I'll continue to try to master for my entire <laughs> life, I'm sure. All right, <laughs> all right, so the topic for today, fine-tune your workflow, because that wasn't the topic, uh, what I just did a moment ago. But this is fine-tune your workflow now. Uh, so from day to day working uh, at, at the jobs we do, at the rates we do, uh, I, I think there's really no excuse not to have a decent workflow. Uh, and if you don't have a decent workflow, then you're going to drive me nuts if I have to work with you. <laughs> now, when you when, okay, what define a workflow? Well, yeah, just because I okay. mean, it could be like you could be talking about like a, de- yeah. a development process workflow, like how we manage Git or something, right? Yeah. So, so let's define workflow. Workflow is the way you interact with your computer. The way you use your mouse, your keyboard, you get to your applications, uh, those things that you do to really get the job done, right? So if you were to make an analogy, okay, I'm a carpenter, I go to your house to fix something, but all my tools are dull, and they're all scattered all over the place. And everything I do takes 20, you know, 10 times longer because uh, of those problems. As that carpenter, I would be obviously more clearly seen as someone who's not being professional right Mm, right so i'm gonna bill you that 10 times more because it took me 10 times longer because why right Mm -hmm. so it's as 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 a professional in that analogy it's like hey my tools are here these are the tools for the job i've sharpened them that morning or day or not or week uh and all these things are in place so um i can move forward in, in a professional way yeah that makes sense um, so maybe we should talk a little bit about like a few examples of yeah. those, of those yeah. tools. Um, 
Well, whenever we watch videos of Jeffrey Way and others, uh, there's a ton of um, um, uh, emphasis on bash shortcuts. Mm. So that's a good one. Uh, there's so many bash shortcuts you can get on your computer. You put them in your dot bash underscore profile file in your home folder. Uh, you just run source bash profile and boom, they're ready for you to use. So this would be things like, you know, whatever we deal with like 12 different servers on a daily basis. So this right. might, this might be a, a thing like well, where, where I could say like, you know, uh, in, instead of having to do SSH and my, my right, username right. at whatever, uh, I could just have like, you know, uh, I could basically just type in like my product underscore yeah, prod yeah. or whatever. And it would go You're, log into production. Yes. And no, like in, in that case, you would then use your dot SSH forward slash config file. And uh -huh. there you would define host, uh, shortcut name and username, and, and by the time you're done, you could do what you just said: SSH my project. Boom, you're in. Okay. Right? So, what's a better um, example for bash shortcuts? Bash shortcuts, for example, for me, uh, vagrant uh, things. Vagrant up is V up. Vagrant down, V halt, um, V SSH because I want to get into my vagrant box. Right. All these things that I would typically have to change directory, homestead, vagrant. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to do all that. And when I go to code. Uh, it would be, you know, uh, code, and then I'm in the code folder, and now I can go get to my project. Um, so all these little things just endlessly save time during the day uh, of getting around from place to place, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so that that's, you know, Bash Shortcuts is one example, right? Right. And do you find that, like, working in a team, it's better if the team has the same Bash <laughs> Shortcuts, or do you, uh, like, what are you... Uh, it's a good question. I... I, I um, uh, you know, in the end, if it's good and they see you doing it, they're going to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's ideal, but like, you know, at, at this point, it's, it's, it's too much to ask, I think. Right. Or to, to expect. Um, one other example is your terminal. Like, how good is your terminal? Is it opening up with another tab right where you left off? Is it split screenable? Is it horizontal, horizontal vertical? You know, all these things that make your terminal interactions better because you're going to be at the terminal. Is your initial opening of the terminal making the path so long that you can't type anything? Then clear it out or put that in your bash profile to start with a, um, a short terminal start mm -hmm. or something cool. You'll see tons of people with their initial bash opening has a nice thunderbolt or something. You're like, hey, that's right. fun. You know, you can tell what branch you're on or oh, whether, those are, yeah, whether exactly. there's whether you've got uncommitted, exactly. uh, you know, that, those kind of things. Yeah, I see that a lot on a lot of people's computers. I'm adding that to my list. Uh, I always see that and just want to start doing it. And people who do that, they also have all those Git shortcuts, like um, right. where they can really quickly see what are the Git differences, what, what's the Git, you know, all those things that we do in Git. They're like two letters, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and you'll memorize them. Make a little cheat sheet for your monitor, and before long, it's it's like the uh, you know, it's like that. It's just this weird moment because in the end, I, I can't tell you enough that. Your brain knows more quickly where and what to do than your brain to your hand to your mouse to your screen to your whatever. Right. right? So the quicker you get, uh, the, 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 the more you get these things in place, the quicker your flow is because you're just moving your hands. Yeah. I was actually, when we first started working together, <laughs> uh, yeah. you obviously introduced me to a lot of these things. But uh, one thing that we haven't mentioned so far that you, you, you wouldn't even think of is I would use, so I started using PHP Storm and I had, I liked the tabs. I, I had the tabs open all over the yeah. place. 
um, which yeah. I think drove you nuts a little bit. Uh, and, but and yeah. I didn't really understand why at first. But then you were like, just you're like, just shut off the tabs. Like, use, why is everything just to drive shut this off the tab? Guy you know, crazy. <laughs> shut off the tabs for a day and let me know how it goes. You know, yeah. uh, and because you, you can get around really fast with with yeah. Uh, command with, E. Yeah, boom, and then you're not lost ever. You don't ever wonder where you are because like I spent a lot of time like the, the shortcuts for me were like helping me to keep track of where I was, which didn't wasn't really necessary and actually just added confusion and time to things. Uh, oh, yeah. because you can use shortcuts and do like t- it does like the fuzzy search too where if i want yeah. a class or i want a file name i can just yeah. boom start typing it and it's there uh really fast so that was think about it you need to know a key shortcut in the words you want versus i need to know where my mouse is i need to move my mouse five inches i need to look through 20 tabs to find the right tab right blah 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 so it's five or six steps mentally and, and physically right you know right and those things add up again i think the carpenter analogy is really good i mean we we uh, that's professionalism right yeah uh, another tool is text expander if you're on the mac if you're on linux they have auto text and it's just instead of having snippets in bash you also have snippets in other places like i'm sending an email uh this is the starting day for the sprint guess what i never want to type that again and so with two letters i can start my email and i'm done and it will just, you know, then I fill in the date if it doesn't automatically do it for me, you know? Yeah. So that's another great tool to just quickly crank out words and, and, and uh, commands. It, for, do you use Text Expander for coding as well, or is it mainly? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Um, you could do it through Sublime or PHP Storm. Uh, I've put most of my snippets in Text Expander, but honestly, I think I'm going to start focusing more on PHP Storm because there's some other things you can do, like uh, tab through, so you can tab from one to two to three to four to quickly finish the the naming of the class and mm. stuff. So uh, I'm I'm probably going to optimize PHP Storm, though sometimes I dream about Sublime and going there because of the speed and the overall. Uh, kind of nuance with, uh, or the kind of thing with PHP Storm lately. Forty bucks a year subscription, no big deal, right? Um, but it's just sometimes the speed of it drives me nuts, yeah. or the lack thereof. Uh, and that's on my thirty-two gig iMac. It's like, jeez, yeah. Um, I, so yeah, so text expander, I do put a lot of stuff in there. Okay, that's cool. Well, how about you? What are you doing for that? Uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't really been using text expander much, and I need to start doing it. There's, I forget what the plugin is right now for. Um, for PHP Storm, but like for a lot of like the HTML or form oh, yeah. building type stuff, you yeah. can do. Zen, uh, I forget what it's called. Yeah, but you you basically can just start typing uh, t- and yeah. tabbing, and, and it'll you know you can even do like if I wanted to have like uh, divs that are nested and then list items, it'll you know very shorthand. I could type that out in one line, and when I hit enter, it'll yeah. it'll actually generate the whole thing for me. It's pretty nice. So it, I just started using right. that. So in in the thing is like. These things are going to be hard at first, and this is part of the thought of, like, before I start, like, and this is where the kata came up, the K-A-T-A. It's something, um, I forget the, the tradition behind it, but it's basically a meditation, right? So, and it's basically like, you know, I think the analogy was, you know, athletes don't just jump on the race and, and get going. They warm up, right? So as coders, like, every morning, like, before you just start cranking away, maybe practice a few things, learn a few things, Get your, your, your motions down so you're, you're trying to memorize these keystrokes that you might not use often enough to make them so uh, easy to remember, right? right? So, um, and, and so what you're saying is great. Those are everywhere, and if we just practice them and learn them, it's just awesome. Right. So. Yeah. Now, what about, what do you, do you use any tools? You may have more things that you want to talk about, but, I, but I'm curious. Uh, so, so far, <clears throat> is there, uh, Text Expander was kind of like a, uh, a, um, 
like an application level, but like uh, there's one that I think you showed me called uh, what is it called? It do, it like does the windows where you can move. You can oh, move. Yeah. Right. I, I actually right. found that. So there's there's two actually. There's jump yeah. cut, right? I love jump yeah. jump cut. Yeah. Uh, it's the ugliest icon ever, but it's the most important application for you to have on your Mac. I use that um, all day yeah. long. Jump cut. Yeah, is it jump cut or jump key? I always get that. I think it's stuff. jump cut. Yeah, it's jump cut. I'm looking at it now. And basically, cool. for those cool. of you who don't know what it is. Um, you can, uh, you, you ba- it's basically like, uh, your, your clipboard on steroids. So, uh, very, you know, it, it'll remember the last 40 things that you've saved to your clipboard and with easy, uh, keyboard shortcuts, you can jump back and forth and paste things in. So, right. you know, if you're in a dock and you need to move, you know, you, username, password and something else over, you can copy all three of them and then paste them one at a time, right where you need it to go. It saves a ton of time. A clipboard history can't be beat. Yeah. And, and if you restrict it only to your IDE, I think it's, you, you won't get as much out of it where with jump cut works and everything. Yeah. The other one, uh, I was just referring Moom. to Moom. Yeah. yeah. And that one is awesome, especially if you have yeah. multiple displays, but even if you don't have multiple displays, no, no, even with one display yeah. is awesome. It's yeah. even better because I need that efficiency. Yeah. So with Moom, you focus on an app, you click a few buttons and you can shift it left, right, top, bottom, full screen. And then you get your other app. And before you know it, your apps are in the perfect left, right side. Um, which is a few keystrokes. It's yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah. And there's a companion. I, well, it's not a companion, but I, in addition to using that, I also um, use uh, Stay. Stay. Yeah. yeah. Which, um, which is awesome because rem- you can set it up so it'll remember where your... Uh, yeah. where your windows are at certain states. So if you have two monitors and then you go down to one or you, your yeah, laptop is, laptop, yeah. yeah, unplug the laptop, it'll, it just automatically moves things back That's to where you want it to be. One. Yeah. yeah. I, it was like driving me nuts before I found that one. Yeah. I don't use it anymore cause I'm only on the iMac. Um, but totally it was key. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's another good one. Um, learn your Drush commands, your artisan commands, right? There's the Alfred plugin too for um, the Mac, which everybody loves because you can extend it, right? Right. So um, learn those shortcuts and, and, and quickly get around. Yeah, and don't be don't be afraid of uh, if it, if there's not an existing uh, artisan command or Drush command, right. don't be afraid to make right. your own because they're yeah. in both cases. Actually, it's not too bad. Um, they're so easy. Yeah. To, you know, and we, we make them all the time, all the time, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, stuff and the team, you know, then the team can use it too. So it's not only, yeah. you know, not only you saving yourself some time and energy, um, other people will start using it too and making it better. And it's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, like that Ian Void, uh, ENV deploy uh, command. Now we can push our ENV files to the server. Oh, yeah. We're going there, logging in, yeah. copy pasting. Well, and there's, I mean, there's so many examples. So the ENV deployer, which is, you know, if, if anyone's interested in that, actually, that's an open source project. You can check yeah. it out. Um, but we've also done, um, there, there's one you built, Al, that we, and it's not, this didn't get open source. It doesn't need to be. It was like we were basically dealing with, um, it could be though, we were, we were basically dealing with uh, Dynamo all the time. And it was like really, oh, yeah. really annoying for us right. to have to like log into AWS and deal with doing that. If we, it's like, we just want to know what's, what's in this Dynamo table or we want to dump a single record from this Dynamo table. So Al built a really quick command line tool that did really it. Really quick. Yeah. It's, silly. Um, it's like, but now you could build off of it. And that's the other thing too. It's like make it. And you might not solve every problem, but just solve one and, and make your job more efficient. Yeah. Right. I mean, another example is we have um, we, we have a pipeline for like we have microservices that talk to each other and you can run a quick artisan command that'll tell you where in the pipeline it is. Oh, yeah. That was a good you know, um, yeah. just so simple stuff like that. It doesn't have to be like super complicated stuff you need to do. Yeah, with Symphony Console built in the Laravel, like yeah. just stuff just gets so easy. Oh, yeah, and the yeah. more you do it, it gets easier. Yeah. Um, uh, server configurations, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so if you find yourself repeating tasks, then that's a sign. Th- throw it in your to-do list. I have a little to-do list. It's like 
things I should do during my uh, after a Pomodoro or things I should do later in the day or quick quick things I want to do and get them in there and start optimizing your tasks, you know? So, and, and just, you know, so when you find yourself reaching for the mouse, just question that and, and try to keep your hands on the keyboard. Yeah, it's great. Well, all right. Anything else? No, that's it. That's it for now. All right. Well, this has been great and uh, we'll talk to y'all next time. Yep. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, retweet things. Uh, feel free to uh, vote for us on uh, iTunes and then, of course, you can listen to us on uh, Pocket Cast, I think it's called. But the, we're, we're, we can be found in a lot of different places. Uh, but thank you again for listening. Take care. Take care.